In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet with the cojones to falsely claim that Dave Meltzer gave us eight stars. I, he didn't, but I... Yeah, uh, well, I'll give you a laugh. I just, I had to have it on, on mute because uh, I was choking at the time, so um, <laughs> kind of like that joke maybe did a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, chokes just a bit, but that's okay. I am Officer Mark Smarks. I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, DA Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? You know, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'll say I'm better than I deserve. Uh, my my flight made it back. Yeah. Um, unlike some other people's. Not stuck so. over in an Arabian country. No, no, not deeply concerned for my female friends as to whether or not they're going to be lynch mobbed um, for having a wrestling match. So we'll probably get into that at some point tonight. And if we don't, um, all the better, because I think we do kind of have to address that show, though, uh, much to your dismay. There there will at least be addressing the fallouts from it. Um, uh, because unlike all of the previous ones, stuff actually happened. Yeah. Like yeah, this all is of the previous ones, yeah, all the previous ones were glorified house shows where nothing really happened. No titles changed hands or whatever. This one though, something actually happened. So it at least has to be, uh, discussed. Multiple something's happened. Um, and brought up at least, uh, but uh, we will get to that in a second. Uh, if anyone is new to this podcast, uh, the introduction is uh, on this podcast, uh, we uh, investigate the air quote crimes in professional wrestling. Uh, we report on them and we leave them up to the jury to decide whether uh, they are guilty or not guilty. We try to keep it a little lighthearted and we try not to get too political, um, which is why we typically don't mention uh, what the event that just happened um all we still about. won't but, call it by name we'll just yeah we're gonna we're gonna uh, dance around the name a bit yeah we won't even but, mention the country yeah. but. but so uh with that being said i suppose we will get into it with crime number one uh i think da fabe went first last week so i will go first this week awesome give me your crime brother chat me up about it Crime number one. Okay. Uh, I am charging the WWE with poor planning. Uh, the events that happened... How did I uh, see that coming? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the events that happened, the, the special event that uh, took place over in the uh, aforementioned Arabian country... Um, is a 13-hour flight from the United States. Um, and they had stars from from both Raw and SmackDown performing at it. 
and and just expected everything to go super smoothly and for them all within a 20-hour window to all be able to get on a plane, make it back to the United States, make it to the next destination, uh, and be there for SmackDown today. And that is, that is, at the very least, overly optimistic and naive. Uh, but, but the other but, thing is, it's kind of abusive to your athletes. It is. I mean, expecting that, I, you know, the best case scenario, they get uh, eight hours of sleep on a flight, but that's not restful sleep. Anyone who's been on an overseas flight knows that you're not comfortable. You're not relaxing in those chairs. Even if you're first class, I doubt you're super comfortable. And you're breathing that dry, recirculated air the entire time. You're eating less than tasteful food, you know. It's not a relaxing. Hey, those are some premium butter crackers, pal. <laughs> but so, so expecting expecting your your talents to do that, and then wrestle a show uh, on Fox the next, you know, within hours of landing is is a little ludicrous and naive, if you ask me. Um, and the thing is, it's not like this event uh, overseas snuck up on them. Uh, they signed a what was an eight-year deal to do these events two years ago. They knew they were doing yeah. it. They knew when it was happening, and they knew SmackDown was taking place the next day back in the states. So they had all sorts of chances to plan something to to uh, take care of it, and they could have done. Uh, they could have left some stars here, enough stars here to do the SmackDown without having to worry about it. You know, it would have meant maybe leaving a few less people in the over-the-top rope 42-man battle royal or whatever it was. I didn't watch. Um, uh, or or they could have they could have pre-taped it. I think their big thing this time was tag teams. So the big yeah. specialty that, that happened for yeah. the event was was the tag greatest tag teams or whatever. So literally we could get exactly what Vince wants and all singles matches tonight. Um, we could have gotten what the fans wanted, and I think you're going to go into that. Um, so I'll leave that alone. But you know, there was there was options for sure. Yeah, and the the option that you were alluding to, they could have made it a woman spotlight. They uh, they the women don't, typically don't travel over to this particular event uh, because until yesterday's event there had the women weren't allowed stuff. to wrestle i will give them credit for successfully negotiating a women's match at this event they get credit for that it's for which um, natalia took a water bottle to the leg yeah but uh it, it's it's a little bit of credit um but it does earn them at least a little little good wishes out of it good intentions um but that still meant they had almost their entire women's roster most likely sitting back here in the states at the very least sitting someplace not 13 hours away uh yeah. so they could have just planned it to be an all-woman spotlight which would have gotten them a little good faith back from the fact that they've apparently just decided not to do a second evolution uh which is a shame because last year's evolution was probably the best pay-per-view of the year if it wasn't the best it was a top three easily yeah yeah it was it was phenomenally well done and and maybe it wasn't as successful as they wanted but it deserved to be uh done again so they could have done like a mini evolution uh correct and just planned it and then they wouldn't have had to worry about this whole flight delay or whatever it is um 
they they could have done a lot of things, but they didn't. They just assumed that everyone was going to make it back on this flight just fine and be able to wrestle uh, 13 hours jet lagged, you know? Um, they just had to improvise, apparently. Um, now, I, I have a suspicion that what they really did is they just moved up a timetable on a storyline, uh, but there's no confirmation on that. It, it could have been entirely improvised. However, if it was moving up a storyline or was a total uh, improvisation, I will give them credit. The decision to make it like an NXT invasion does earn the reduced charge, I think, because that Cole versus Daniel Bryan match was hella dope. Don't ruin it for me. I haven't seen it yet. It was hella dope. It was so great, um, as, as it should be. I mean... We've mentioned that we're not the biggest Daniel Bryan fans, but that doesn't mean we don't appreciate his talent. Uh, he is he is really good in the ring, and Adam Cole is one of my favorites, and they put on an absolute banger of a match. Uh, so, and and not just that, you know, there were other matches, there were other uh, things that took place on on SmackDown that um, you know I think were really good. I, you had Champa versus The Miz, which is something you you didn't think you'd see for a long time and and uh it was really good you had uh rhea ripley and uh for some reason or other tegan knox teaming up <laughs> against uh fire and desire um and you know that one was probably the low point if only because they made it kind of glorified squash match and i kind of wish they would have made it a little bit more even on that one but um, but like you had Bianca Belair beating the tar out of uh, Dana Brooke and Carmella backstage. Uh, you know, it was it was a fun invasion thing. So, so in my opinion, that at least gets them a reduced charge. Uh, you know, but under the same token, I mean, they could have they could have completely omit charges by planning a little bit here. Um, oh, and yeah, more yeah. importantly, I felt like the parts that I that I was aware of, I guess I, I again I haven't had a chance to watch SmackDown tonight. Um, the only my only disappointment to what I did did know about tonight, and it is again, I didn't get a chance to watch tonight. Um, my legal office was a little bit packed with uh, some cases from month end uh, the day before and uh, of course we're recording a day late because uh, yesterday both of us who have children were walking around with our kids in costumes so um, apologies to the jury for being a day late um, on top of that though we planned that <laughs> yeah because yeah, we knew we our, our schedule we, and more importantly we... We announced it. Yeah. And so here's the other side to this story that a little bit frustrates me is from what I know of tonight's show, it doesn't really feel like it was canon. There was a lot of face versus face and heel versus heel. And that's not WWE's mantra. And um, if you're going to do an invasion level, an inv invasion show, it shouldn't look so organized. It should look almost, almost like, holy crap. NXT invaded again. Holy crap. NXT invaded again. Holy crap. NXT invaded again. And it, it felt like there were small vignettes set up for all of it. Um, I'm excited almost, to watch it. I almost would have preferred if it was spread out over the course of three or four weeks where, where every week there was one or two people from NXT who just kind of showed up. Like, you know, this week we have Champa and Adam Cole show up and, and interrupt things and cause some ruckus. And then next week you have D Dakota Kai and and uh, Tegan Knox or something like that. You know what I mean? Things like that. But 
But it could I think have done just... what you suggested with the women's show, which I think is a great idea, because uh, again, Evolution was such a great show. Because, um, because you know, here's the deal: what's wrong? So we had a marquee pay per view, and it didn't go so well. What's wrong with marquee? And I think part of that, the 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 pressure on that pay per view, is there wasn't. Even at an all men's one, you kind of got some women's vignettes, uh, even even last year a couple times. So you could have thrown in some men's vignettes and whatnot. I think if you had some men's vignettes tonight with the, the stars who were around, along with a women's show, I think you still get the same draw. I don't think anybody's pissed off about it. I think you get a good invasion angle, especially with Shayna. Um, and Shayna and, and uh, you know, the person I probably like maybe fourth on the women's roster and Rhea Ripley. Um, you know, I, I didn't like that Rhea and, and Bianca were so close together on the show in terms of timing. Um, would have liked to have seen that have more distance because there's a recent rivalry between those two. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt non-canon because all the other rivalries were just kind of thrown away. Yeah, well, and that's just kind of thrown out. That's just, kind yeah. of par for the course, though, for Survivor Series, uh, because every every year of Survivor Series, it's like people who were feuding all the way up till the pay per view before Survivor Series suddenly stop feuding and are, you know, goody goody because they're on the same team against someone, you know, against Raw or against SmackDown. And this you know, is like, why the old school traditional Survivor Series works better here. Mm-hmm. But it's like last year you had uh, uh, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch feuding for months leading up to, uh, yeah. but then then SmackDown and then uh, Survivor Series comes along and suddenly they're both together on the invasion, uh, and then Becky gets knocked out of the Survivor Series match, so Charlotte suddenly uh, they're buddy buddy again, and it just doesn't make much sense. I mean, literally a week ago you had uh, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. Uh, at each other's you know, throats. At each other's in a throats. Fantastic match. And then suddenly this week, Bianca Belair is beating <laughs> up people backstage so that Rhea Ripley and Tegan Knox can come out and beat up people. You know, it, but that's like I said, par for the course with WWE recently. So I can't like really fault them for that because I kind of expected it. Uh, yeah. But it's still, you know, it still was. It was a fun show. Um, some weird little, like you said, canon issues and all that, but it was still fun. It might have been the most exciting SmackDown in a while, uh, just because you had a lot of intrigue about it. Um, and and frankly, uh, I enjoyed the announce team because uh, you had Renee Young there, you had uh, Todd Phillips, uh, uh, and then you you had well at first it was Aiden English, but then. Uh, uh, what was it? Pat McAfee came out, yep. and he actually wasn't horrible. So, uh, but the big thing is, there was no Michael Cole, and that was uh, to uh, <laughs> coin a phrase, glorious. Yeah, you, you can't coin it, but you can quote it. But, so. uh, but anyway, well, I think we talked at least uh, enough about that. So let's go ahead and uh, leave that up to the jury. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, are they yeah. guilty of poor planning? I think we know they are, but you can bring up some other evidence and let us know on Twitter whether you think they're guilty or innocent there. Uh, but now let's move on to crime number two.
Prime number 2. I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna switch, switch promotions here, and I am gonna go. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I'm gonna go uh, to Joey Janela. Joey Janela, your crime is actually being a wrestler. Great match, brother. Um, I, I, because of time constraints this this week, and with it being end of month, I have not gotten to watch everything I wanted to in wrestling. Um, some of it will happen after the podcast tonight. Some of it will happen uh, after work tomorrow. Um, it'll happen all over the place. But um, Joey Janela, wow, you um, and I think this actually happened maybe before last night because I don't on Wednesday because. Uh, I believe Kenny Omega had a trios match on AEW. So the Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega match uh, really gave me belief in some of these wrestlers who have kind of the gimmick of injury injury over um, entertainment. Um, that was a fantastic match to Joey Janela, and that's that's my that's my crime. Um, is that Joey Janela for impersonating a wrestler? Maybe is what I should say, but dude is a legit wrestler. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think I think the crime should be not impersonating a wrestler because we think he's impersonating a wrestler, and then you find out that no, he's he's legitimately a wrestler. Yeah, that um, was a great match. Yeah, and and the thing is, they even told a story with it because he lost because he tried to be Joey Janela instead of tried to be a wrestler like yeah if he hadn't gone for that high risk move to the outside he very well could have won that match against yeah. kenny omega you know against um, 2018 wrestler of the year best about 19 not so much yeah he's still put on some banger matches though so yes he has yes he has but no i i agree there uh joey janela is kind of one of those uh surprise not surprised because like I have seen stuff of his from before AEW and I was aware of what he could do but he does have that reputation of being kind of the uh, deathmatch you know hardcore wrestler and uh, yeah and he's, he's, he's he, you know who he reminds me or who reminds me of Joey Janela uh, Matt Riddle and uh, again we all know how I feel about Matt Riddle um, I am not a fan I love his entrance Bruh. I have probably said that 10 times in the last 24 hours just that way. Um, but I have uh, not just in terms of the look, in terms of how they how they move in the ring. I mean, their movements are very, very similar when they're wrestling. Um, I think the reason maybe I give Joey Janela a little bit more more slack is because he was this deathmatch guy. Um, but I also kind of pigeonholed him because of it. Um and wow, what a match he put! It was a great and so, match. You know, I'm 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 glad AEW is removing the pigeonholing. I hope they don't for Jimmy Havoc. Um, you know, you say that, but I've actually seen some of his uh, uh, stuff overseas for. Um, oh, and now I'm blanking on the name of uh, Progress. Uh, uh -huh. And and he does some some just legitimate wrestling matches, and he's surprisingly good at that too. Um, so it, it'd be nice to see, see him eventually, but for now we can let him be the hardcore guy, the guy who just doesn't give an F, I think. I also, 
I also, I mean, here's the deal. Darby Allen's been that guy the whole time. Even though they had him in that triple threat, Darby Allen's not really known for being a hardcore guy. He's known for being indestructible. <laughs> it's just weird. So, yeah. great job to AEW for showing us the pigeonholing wrestlers is a bad idea. Great job to Joey Janela for not impersonating a wrestler or impersonating a wrestler or however we're going to say this yeah. crime. Um, and let's leave it out to the jury. What what? Tell us what, what you would call that crime. What is the crime that Joey Janela commit in his phenomenal match with Kenny Omega? Yeah. I mean, I think that's an open and shut case myself, but the jury will let us know um, so we can move on to crime number three. Crime number three. Impact Wrestling. And I know you don't watch Impact Wrestling. Uh, I am no. charging them with being a total sleeper. And as a side charge, I am charging a lot of fans for sleeping on Impact Wrestling. Uh, oh, like, so like they're a snooze fest is what you're saying? I don't watch it. I know there's a lot of people that don't watch it. And there's a lot of reasons people haven't it, including the fact that it wasn't on a channel that a lot of people got. Um, it kind of got a bad reputation over the years of being the poor man's WWE, you know, the poor the, the man's retread, WCW. Yeah, the retread place where where people who wash out of WWE would go to Impact Wrestling or TNA at the time, um, and then be treated like huge stars, uh, even though they floundered in, in WWE. Um, or, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan would come in with all his cronies, and it'd be just a bunch of old people. Um, but Impact Wrestling right now is low-key maybe the best kept secret in major professional wrestling in the United States? I was maybe. nervous you were going to call it the best promotion. I was like, dude, you must not be watching Wednesday nights. No, that's why I said best kept secret. Yeah. Not, not they're the best, but they're the, they're the one that people are not watching nearly enough, and they should. Um, and, and like their commentary team... It's uh, Josh Matthews and Don Callis, a two-man booth, and they do a really good job. Um, they've got, you know, people that you don't necessarily know if you don't watch Impact Wrestling. Like, I can go through and t say uh, Josh Alexander and Ethan Page and uh, D.A. Fable would look at me like, who the heck are you talking about? Um, but Josh yeah, Alexander so had a match with Fuji. <laughs> Um, they they are a tag team known as the North. They're the current tag champions for Impact. Uh, but they're, they're, you know, a modern tread on the uh, heel Canadian gimmick. Uh, but they're not, like, so over the top with can Canada sort of a thing. So they don't feel quite like a retread. And, and they're really good. Um, and, and still, not, a, not afraid to take a pinfall. They're the champions, and... Um, our Fuji one, which was really cool. Um, you have Sammy Callahan and his group of uh, Ohio versus everyone uh, that can do everything from a standard match to a almost deathmatch style. And, and they're really, really good. You've got a phenomenally well uh, balanced women's division. 
uh, with your current champion, Taya Valkyrie. Uh, Madison Rain, who I'm, I know DA Fave is at least familiar with. Um, Rosemary. You've got Jordan Grace, who is easily top five women's wrestler in the world right now, at least in my opinion. At definitely top five in America. Um, and and they had a trios match. Taya Valkyrie, Kieran Hogan, and Madison Rain versus Rosemary, Jordan Grace, and Alexia Nicole. That was a really good match. And I notice I didn't say a really good women's match. It was a really good match. Um, and and it furthered storylines, uh, which was great. You had uh, Jordan Grace actually pin uh, the current Impact Women's Champion, uh, Taya Valkyrie. So uh, that sets up a storyline because Jordan Grace so far has not gone after the the championship and so that's setting that up um you had a vignette with rob van dam uh in his hot tub with his girlfriend uh where he specifically said without rob van dam there would be no kenny omega there would be no daniel bryan without rvd there would be no young bucks and so going straight after uh aew um which is ballsy there uh, you have uh, a tag team called the Desi Hit Squad, which is um, your typical kind of Indian heel group sort of a thing, except they don't come out as like stereotypical Indian, you know, they're Indian wrestlers who, I don't know, it's it's just kind of really well balanced. Uh, you have Rich Swan, like... who's a uh, uh, WWE cast off, um, who looks like a legitimate competitor there now i'm gonna ask a silly question and it's gonna sound a little bit i don't want to say racist but um what type of indian are we talking here uh india india okay desi hit squad is raj singh and rohit raju with gama singh as their manager uh but like they don't come out they're they're not the singh brothers from 205 live they're not uh, the modern day Maharaja. Thank they don't come off it. as like a big uh, stereotype. They they come off like <coughs> Indian. So uh, so and it was really good. Um, you know, you you then had uh, Ken Shamrock come out and talk about because he came back and wrestled uh, recently at their most recent pay per view apparently. And uh, he came out, and then Joey Ryan walks out and challenges him and uh, tries to do the penis plex on Ken Shamrock, but Ken Shamrock won't do it, um, which was really kind of entertaining. Uh, I would watch that, just for that. Yeah, well, apparently the match actually happened uh, this coming week, I think, so... So I'm excited to see that. Uh, you have a wrestler named Ace Austin versus Eddie Edwards. Two wrestlers that I know DA Fabe doesn't know who the heck they are. Um, and they come out and they have a street fight. And it's a good old fashioned, like, attitude era street fight um, with trash can lids and trash cans and uh, you know, all of the stuff. And uh, uh, belly to belly through the table. You know, it would. It was a well-done match, and it was, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not saying these are five-star matches, and this is, um, you know, this is not better than NXT this last week. Uh, it's not better than AEW this last week, but it was 
in my opinion, better than Raw this last week. And uh, all the praises that we sung recently of uh, the SmackDown uh, this week, it legitimately could be argued that it might have been better than the SmackDown this week. So, ooh. Um, it's at least worth at least looking at to uh, to compare. And then the main event was Brian Cage, who you know Brian Cage. Yes. Huge, absolutely ripped guy. Versus Sammy Callahan, uh, who wrestled, who's a cast-off from NXT. He wrestled in NXT under the name uh, Jeremiah Crane, I believe. Um, but he has gone off to create a name for himself outside of WWE. And he is legitimately a star. And uh, they had a cage match that was just super impressive. And it started off with Sammy Callahan trying to uh, uh, get the upper hand by attacking Cage before he got into the cage and beating him outside and then going into the cage, locking the door, and I guess hoping for a climb, uh, for a count out or something like that. Um, and then uh, Brian Cage scales the wall of the cage that's really hard to say. Brian Cage scales a cage. Um, uh, but, like, like in a matter of seconds, there's not... It's not this, like, one step, two step, three steps. It was like, he jumps up, he grabs it, he goes, like, boom, 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 flips over the top, he's in the cage. Sammy Callahan uh, doesn't even know what's coming, right? It was so great. And then the, the match just went back and forth and back and forth. And in the end, uh, Sammy Callahan got the win and won the Impact World Championship off of uh, Brian Cage, which was uh, phenomenal. And then at the end of it, Callahan is celebrating in the ring and Tessa Blanchard comes out, who Tessa has had a long feud with Sammy Callahan in, in Impact. And they are standing face-to-face -face in the ring, nose-to-nose uh, uh, -nose over the title. And it's apparently setting up a feud where uh, Tessa Blanchard is going to buy for the Impact World Championship in intergender matches. And it looks awesome and you know me i am 100 percent sold on tessa blanchard so i do know you and i do know that so and that's i i mean like i say it, is it the best wrestling on uh on tv in america today no i'm not arguing that i'm not saying it's 100 the best uh it's got a very high bar to clear for that but is it wrestling that uh, more people should be watching and they don't? Yes. Um, and and that might just be the fact that there's already a ton of other wrestling to watch during the week, um, you know, and it's really hard to prioritize. You know, you've already watched three hours on Monday night. You're going to be watching four hours on Wednesday night between NXT and AEW. You're going to be watching another two hours on Friday night. Um You've got a, a, about an hour of AEW Dark on Tuesday, and then Tuesday night you're expected to turn on Access TV and watch two hours of Impact. It can be a little daunting, and it can be a little bit like, ah, geez, I don't know if I'm gonna gonna invest in that. But if you've got a DVR, record it, 
and then later in the week you get got an extra two hours you're sitting doing something in your house you know vacuuming your living room turn on impact and watch it it is worth checking out i feel like this is a perfect time to uh throw in a note um Make sure to watch our sponsors, Impact Wrestling, the way you're talking about it. Because, um, boy, you're raving. You're, you're... Like I'm sponsored by Impact. What's but, that? Yeah, it may sound like I'm sponsored by Impact. I, I, I am not sponsored by anyone. I'm just, <laughs> like, after watching this week's episode, I am sold that it is maybe the best kept secret in current American professional wrestling. And more people should watch it. I personally, you, know, you and I have said Wednesday is the night to watch wrestling. If you couldn't watch wrestling from any other night of the week, uh, choose Wednesday and you get your fill with AEW and NXT. But I I might be willing to say if you could only watch two nights, watch Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, because Tuesday you'd get AEW Dark, Wednesday you get AEW Dynamite and NXT. But Tuesday, you also would get Impact. And, you know, those two nights, I don't think you'd be missing Raw. And I don't think you'd be missing SmackDown that much. Dude, I don't miss Raw and SmackDown when I'm watching Raw and SmackDown. Exactly. Well, and that's, I mean, and there's a, there's a ton of talent on Raw and SmackDown that I don't want to ever sound like I'm dogging them or, or trying to no, put out what you bring to the is... table. This is a storytelling issue. It has been all this time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, both of us having had some past experience or education in acting or or public speaking, or they couldn't tell a story in gibberish to save their soul right now. WWE couldn't. Main roster couldn't. And I don't know why, but gibberish, telling a story in gibberish is one of the best ways to find out if somebody can tell a story or not and they couldn't do it to save their souls um, and that's sad I mean the, at the end of the day they're actors and they can't tell a story without using words that's sad this is exactly what they're supposed to do that is exactly their job roles and, and they don't do it and I think some of that comes down to we've talked before about uh, WWE not doing long term booking and I think this is an example of the downside to not doing long-term booking. Because you're doing week-to-week booking, you can't build real cohesive storylines. And that's part of why NXT always had cohesive storylines, is because until they went live on uh, USA Network, they were recording their their episodes about a month at a time, which meant they basically had to do long-term booking. Because by the time it came time for their takeover their go-home show for the takeover had been recorded three weeks ago, you know? They didn't yeah. have a chance to to change that storyline on the fly. It, it was done. Um, <coughs> and Impact has that uh, in a way because they do pre-taping. So their, uh, their show for this coming week was already taped. I don't think they taped four weeks. I think they taped two weeks at a time. Uh, but it still forces them to be doing a little bit more long-term storyline. Um, and I think uh, WWE just with with DKM at the helm uh, is just too apt to change things, which means no long-term storyline ever survives long enough to go through, you know? Um, but but I don't know. I just, I after watching Impact this week, I, 
I was just really impressed with how well it did. And the production went off really well. There wasn't, like, it didn't feel small time. It felt like a legitimate show. Um, is it is it number two to WWE? No. Uh, is it number three? You could even, you know, make an argument towards, towards Ring of Honor, um, but I haven't watched it recently, and attendance has been horrible at Ring of Honors, apparently. So... Uh, but you could make an argument that Impact is a solid number three option in America today and uh, worth at least, at least, like I said, at least DVR it. Um, if you don't watch it, whatever. But if you get a chance to watch it, give it a shot. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Fair enough. Fair enough. You were really allotted quite the, the rant there. I, I just am a little passionate about good wrestling, and I was very impressed with Impact. They gave me good wrestling. Yeah, but we took six minutes to talk. Six minutes. And I'm, 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 I'm not going to complain. We took six minutes to talk about Sammy Guevara, or not Sammy Guevara, Lord. Joey uh, Janela. Joey Janela. It's the us uh, at the end, I think. Anyway, Joey Janela and the great match he put on with Kenny Omega, but it was a single match, and you were talking about all of a show. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Anyway. <laughs> but that's enough with my rant, so we will move on to crime number four. Crime number four. I'm going to bring it back full circle. I'm going to come back to WWE. Um, I'm going to go main roster here um, because I've done so much talking about NXT being the best product on television, which apparently Impact is proving me wrong, and I don't even know it. Um, and so I don't want to spend too much time on NXT. I don't want to spend too much time on um, on AEW. Uh, we, I think, I think still hands down we can say that Wednesday nights are the best night of wrestling. Um, that said... The crime against WWE is the, I don't know, I, I, I really, I, and I've spent a week trying to determine this, um, indiscriminate storyline, I guess, is where I'm at, and that's probably part of the reason I brought it up earlier, it's probably part of the reason I brought it up, you know, the times I have, is main roster just blows at, at storyline, um, Prior to prior to the show that shall remain unmentioned, um, we were we were holding on to storylines that had been two to three months old when we did have a storyline. Um, we we have a storyline that's garbage and is to the point where I'm not going to talk about it in Lana and Rusev um, because I'm just so repulsed by how it just is droning along. We've thrown out the storyline with uh, with Maria and Mike, uh, which I'm glad we have, but just garbage storyline. Um, and it took up too much airtime. And yet we had uh, one decent one start to develop in Nikki Cross and, and uh, Bailey. And it just seemed to go, there, there it is. That's the end of it. It's over now. You know, like, I just, I didn't feel like, I just don't feel like, I feel like the storylines either sit or the the ones that aren't good progress. And they progress really badly because they're a bad story to begin with. You know? Am I, am I, am I making sense here? Because I don't know how to yeah. make this new crime. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I think some of it is 
uh, they've got so much talent that they just don't know how to use, and and so they they just kind of stagnate. Um, the Nikki I'm gonna use like Sami Zayn is my example. Like, when was the last time Sami Zayn wrestled, legitimately wrestled a match? Um, it's been a while, and and I I'm, and I know I'm he's wondering injured. if. Well, yeah, I'm wondering if his injury might have been worse than than they reported because they've been like making excuses for him to not wrestle for a long time. Now he did take uh, some major bumps today, so maybe he's, Man, he's I didn't back see to that. that. Yeah, yeah, so. um, but but you know, I think so much like like kind of like you say, I, I just looking at the roster here for Raw, you've got uh, Ricochet who's just kind of lost in this you know, storyline with the OC, but not really doing anything. Yeah, um, but that's, now that's a, that like that's a good example, the OC. So we, we have a, a storyline with the OC, who is now the, the tag champions, um, right? They uh, no, the Vikings, uh, Raiders, they? I don't think they beat them. I, I guess I don't know. At, at the, uh, the, event. the maybe the Viking Raiders took the tag titles from them. That's what it was. Yeah, that's So you have that kind of sort of. Um, you got the Street Profits in the OC. You've got um, you've got Umberto Carrillo now with AJ. You got Ricochet with AJ. It's it's so muddy. There's not. There's just no. I can't get behind the faces if we aren't if we aren't creating some genuine hatred here. Well, you know? and even more than that, it's it's not even necessarily about creating some hatred. It's just about using uh, who you have. I mean, you've got on Raw, just kind of going down the list here, you've got uh, Akira Tozawa, who got drafted to Raw, and we've seen once. You've got Aleister Black, who finally came out of his room, uh, but that's about <laughs> it. You've got... and, and now he goes to the ring and asks somebody to pick a fight with him instead of knocking on a door. Yeah. Listen, guys, I got rid of the door. Somebody pick a fight yeah. with me. Yeah. You've got Buddy Murphy, who uh, is, is uh, the self-proclaimed best-kept secret in WWE, and and you're not giving him a shot to prove it most of You've got Cedric Alexander. You've got EC3. You've got Drew McIntyre come back from an injury, um, and all you could do is throw him as a bit part in the Flair tag team, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got Eric Rowan uh, come over from a very hot angle on SmackDown, and and what do you have him do? Uh, you know, yeah, get, get uh, pinned by by uh, Seth Rollins with a Seth. with a lift. Yeah, you know, um, you've got the Usos. Who don't get me wrong, I I feel like uh, whichever one I can never remember which one it was uh, drove drunk. I feel like there should be a punishment for that, um, or at the very least, you should take him off TV for a while. Uh, so he can get his acting. They have been off TV for a while, though. But my point is, you don't need to take both of them off TV, right? No, that's true. Just just because they're a tag team normally, right? If it was, I I, I think it was Jay Uso. So have Jimmy Uso show up and and continue to be on TV. Have him wrestle some singles matches. You can even have him lose to kind of show that you know uh, the storyline that he needs his brother to to really maintain something i don't know you well, there's all sorts of story storylines. you could do a little bit win. more with the roman empire aspect of things you know they are legit cousins let's just throw them in a throw them in a tag team with roman for a while because we're misusing roman right now so you know you've sure got, you've got Liv morgan who teased the whole character change like two months ago 
and hasn't been seen since. You've got Naomi doing nothing, apparently just hanging out with her husband. Um, was, you've was got she the, the iconic. What was that? Was she in the passenger seat? I don't know. As far as far as I know, she wasn't there at all. But um, but uh, you know, the reports from backstage that I've read say they just don't have a plan for them. So that's why they haven't been on TV. Why don't you have a plan for them? Why are you signing more talent than you have plans for? You you brought out the the longest reigning women's tag team champions to have them wrestle against Charlotte and Natty. Have them actually wrestle a very good match, a very entertaining match. I loved when when Charlotte caught um, uh, Peyton Royce and said, and Peyton says, Billy! And Charlotte turned around and went, Billy! <laughs> I thought it was entertaining. Um, but at the end of the day, you saw them wrestle, and it was that was the best wrestling I've seen the Iconics do in that match. And it wasn't because it was against Natty and Charlotte. It was their legit wrestling. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about this before. I'd lo- I'm absolutely okay with seeing the Iconics lose singles matches and win tag matches. Like, that is... I love the concept of a tag team that, that exponentially improves each other and is terrible terrible by themselves almost like the Bella Twins were um, only with actual wrestling talent and speaking of women's tag teams you have the uh, aforementioned Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan now together on the same brand again right throw them back together you don't necessarily need to call them the riot squad with Ruby Riot not there but throw them back together and have them be a tag team give that tag team division something you know well and just, just more i don't know like but then that's settle just in, going through the settle in run. with the right ones and then stop settling in with the wrong ones it's it's like they it's like they get married to just garbage storylines well no my my thing is i don't think they have any storylines that's the problem they don't they don't bother to put storylines together and they've got the characters to do storylines it's yeah. the same thing I, that was just going through the Raw roster. On SmackDown, you've got Apollo Crews, whose whole entire character thing is smiley black guy. Um, and he's got so much charisma and so much talent that you can write a storyline around him, but you just don't. Uh, you've got Bo Dallas, who legitimately him and Curtis Axel could be in storylines. They don't have to be main eventers, but they could be doing stuff. Something. Not to mention, pretty decent tag team. Mm-hmm. Bo Dallas is actually one of the more underrated, enjoyable superstars. I loved the Bo, Bo Leave gimmick. Mm-hmm. I really did. I would love to see the Bo Leave gimmick come back and be like, oh, my brother, he's kind of psycho. Yeah. Like, I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. You've got Drake Maverick, who uh, is just playing a manager. Or or the no, uh, twenty four seven. Well, he's the manager of two hundred five live. I should. Oh, uh, um, the APO thing is now back to APO just being APO. But but the thing is, one way or another, Drake Maverick is a talented wrestler and actually one of the more talented comedy wrestlers that I've seen in a long time. And and you can use him, right? You've got Heath Slater who's got tons of charisma just sitting around doing nothing. Um, and you know he's got kids too. Yeah, so. kids. Seriously, you've got Luke Harper who 
you know i mean you're paying him the rest of his contract might as well use him right uh, yeah. Robert Roode, who after him and Ziggler lost the tag belts, apparently they just sink to the background now because you don't have anything to do with them. Because yeah. um, a former world champion and another former world champion and guys that are just filled with charisma and get pop even when they're heels. Uh, yeah, put them yeah, back burner. Yeah, back you burner. And we we got to invest a ton of time on Shorty G. The dumbest storyline, like I, I would even say that might be a dumber storyline than the Bobby Lashley Lana storyline. No, no, the, but you, the Bobby you might Lashley be able to pull that Lana. off until they closed Raw with Bobby Lashley and Lana. Yeah. How in the bloody hell do you close Raw with that I'm, garbage? I'm not saying it's a good storyline, but it's at least not as dumb as. Uh, this wrestler's short, so we're gonna make fun of him. Oh, oh, I can handle being made fun of. I'm gonna embrace being made fun of. And then I'm gonna wear the dumbest looking outfit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then women's division. I mean, you've got Alexa Bliss on the SmackDown women's division, and I don't think she's been seen on SmackDown in at least two weeks. With nothing going on. Nothing, nothing going on. Nothing at all, right? Uh, why? Why not have her out there doing something? I mean, you had had uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville out there today to just get beat up by the NXT girls. Right? You could have just as easily put them in a feud with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss and had a non-title related uh, women's tag feud going on. And it could have at least been some storyline, but nope. I do think I do think at least a reasonable portion of this, and I may have said this once already, a reasonable portion of this does stem from what, and we talked about this earlier tonight before we did the podcast, um, does stem from the misuse of Survivor Series that has happened since they thought they had to, had to have it be the head-to-head between the two brands. Um what I wouldn't give, and and now it's going to be head to head between three brands. What I wouldn't give to just have a good old fashioned. I don't like your crew, and you don't like my crew. We're gonna fight. You know. Well, I mean, effectively, that's what they did over in the event that shall not be named with Team Hogan versus Team Flair. But it's not the crews not liking each other. They're just the two. It's just the two superstars, two historical icons that don't don't like each other. But they, but one of them can't even cut a promo. The one who used to cut the best promos in the game can't cut a promo without sounding like he has dementia. The other one, um, unfortunately, has a little bit of a monkey on his back. For wow, I didn't even realize that that could be. Maybe you revise that to a different. analogy there yeah my apologies that was not intended has a little bit of a burden um i wasn't and 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 i was just talking about the normal thing you know that and that's that's the and yes some of that comes from sensitivity and some of it comes from the fact that he literally said the worst word you can say about um about a person of color about a black guy um and so uh while I, while I try to toe the line here, you know, we've got this burden of having to have these two historical icons that are just not really a part of wrestling now. 
so can we just let it go you know like there there has to come a point that you just have to go it's it's time to time to let it go and and not let it go as in let his past go because there's people who won't i'm a firm believer in let let the mistakes he made in his past be over with and everything I, um i think i think a lot of people would have moved past uh it with him if he would have just actually apologized for it yeah. but his apology wasn't i'm sorry i said that it was i'm sorry you heard me say that um and and there's a big difference between them but more um, important than that is why why are we still doing stuff like that when we you're right when we could have things like i don't know we could have a personality on ricochet other than just flipsy doos mm-hmm. um we could have a personality on ali other than i walk past an addict and suddenly they're not an addict anymore whatever the heck that is going on yeah. um we could have a personality on and and then we have a dude with personality rusev trying to carry his wife who has limited personality um if you've ever seen total divas you'll agree um and bobby lashley who for god's sakes give us a character give us a character with something with some type of substance please and bobby lashley part of the the shame with that is when he was in impact wrestling he had a character and it was really good a character with with personality with and it was a heel character and i'm okay with that but he's too damn good in the ring to just give us whatever the hell it is that they're giving us with him right now um his character was essentially what uh what uh oh scottish psychopath um drew mcintyre is right now Mm -hmm. when he was in impact so and that was the last I watched watched Impact, just so you know. Um, you've got, and and yet I I actually get more personality from Drew Gulak's two vignettes, um, pissing off Braun this week than I get from Braun. Braun's just, I'm angry, big man who run people over. God, he was so much fun in the mix match challenge, like. I don't. I just would love to see more personality with less fake. I'm gonna say it. Fake ass bullshit vignettes, and that's really what what what's hurting well, it. I think the most. And, right. and like to talk about the Survivor Series, I think the biggest problem is why uh, part of why they feel they need to fall on this brand versus brand concept is the <laughs> the fact that they don't have any faction. Uh, yeah any of the main brands right if there were factions on raw uh you could do a survivor series that's faction versus faction uh if there was a faction on raw and a faction on smackdown you could do uh a faction versus faction survivor series uh but they don't and so like they could arguably do uh, the Undisputed Era plus one versus another faction from one of the other teams. Uh, but they don't have any faction. Yeah. So they feel not. like they're pigeonholed into, we have to do brand versus brand. But, but every time they do a faction, they ruin it. I mean, so this is an old storyline long before the, the podcast ever existed. But there was Titus Worldwide. And yes, it's absolved and it's done and over with. Do you, and I know you remember Officer Smarks that what we talked about, but to the fans, what what we actually suggested for Titus Worldwide, if you guys remember this, was having Titus be supposedly like an agent, 
go out and get sponsorships, just like, and I'm using the air quotes on sponsorships, just like Brock Lesnar literally has on his butt every time he wrestles with Jimmy Johns. Um, and I would love to see a faction, a, a mid-card, because that's, let's be honest, mid-card factions are more entertaining than several others. Um, I'd love to see a mid-card faction with, um, you know, Titus Worldwide going out and get sponsorships from Joe's Muffler Shop or, um, you know, uh, Steve's Bakery or um, Eileen's Cookies. That's an actual place, just so everybody knows. Very good cookies. Um, or, or anything like that. You know, if, if, if they could develop something similar to that with what we suggested with Titus Worldwide, that's a faction. And it allows us to develop four characters or five characters without having to spend a 10-minute vignette on each. You can spend a 10-minute vignette on all of them at one time because their commonalities are their personalities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So love, even if it's something as silly as I got sponsorship from Joe's, you're going to be sponsored by Joe's Muffler Shop tonight. Titus Worldwide making you money, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you turned it into a whole gimmick of he gets some sponsorships with, you know, third tier uh, or maybe even fifth tier companies, you know, but Lo- it's something. Locals and stuff. And it would be hilarious. Have it be actual businesses. I don't care. That'd be great. Hey, by the way, we're going to put you on national television tonight for $1,000 or for nothing. It, 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 you don't even have to charge them. Just, I'm fine know. if they just open up, you know, they're going to an event in Gainesville, Florida or whatever. You know, they just open up the phone book, or the yellow pages for Gainesville. They flip to a page. They point to the thing and say, we're going to be have you sponsored by that guy this week. Not even necessarily tell the company. They, you don't by have to. By the way, hey, Mr. Company, we'd like to come do a, a autograph signing at your facility free of charge. Mm-hmm. You know, with two of our wrestlers. Oh, what wrestlers are you bringing? Are you bringing Stone Cold and The Rock? Nope, we're, we're bringing um, Apollo Crews and Dana Brooke. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, fine. And the fans would still go, and you gain this market share, and you do this cool little thing. That would be awesome to see happen. And but you no. build some good publicity. I mean, can you think about the newspaper coverage or the magazine coverage of, you know, good guy WWE gives free publicity to local businesses? Yeah, yeah. You could even have two convening factions that want the sponsorship for their two guys. Two agents that are trying to get the better, better sponsorship of just garbage stuff. And this is just an example. This is how simple the thought process could be to develop characters, to develop storyline, to develop fun stuff that can be serious or fun. You know, we, we brought it up before when we talked factions, the DOA disciples of apocalypse versus, um, the nation of domination versus, uh, there, there was a Latino group and I can't remember what it was. Yes. They were based on race. I don't really care about the race part nearly as much as I care about just having a faction there and so the doa were bikers and the nation of domination were mostly black guys um not all because the rock is only half black and so he doesn't count but you know or or whatever i don't really care how you set up the factions just tell a story with them for heaven's sakes 
yeah. do something to start to start featuring some of these wrestlers. Well, and I think I mean I think the the long and the short of it is um, obviously Vince does not believe that factions matter. Um, I think very... characters matter, and factions allow you to build characters. Yeah, but uh, you you just look at the history of factions who have been brought up from NXT and then immediately just absolved, absolved like sanity. Uh, you know, yep. ran rampant in uh, yeah. NXT. Killian Dane was brought up, and now he's back down in, yep. in NXT. Yeah. Eric, uh, Eric is, Young is, is doing something. Is he? Is it mid card? Is there a card below mid card? Well, I hear backstage he's working as a producer, so I think he's tra- slowly transitioning out of performer into more of a backstage role. But they still have him wrestle occasionally. Um, and then uh, Alexander Wolf now is in NXT UK as part of Imperium. Uh, so they, they've, you know, they took this faction that could have been really cool and then just went, meh. And of course, they brought him up and they didn't bring up Nikki Cross at the time, who was part of Sanity in NXT. And, yeah. you know, she allowed She came up by herself. Time. She's in the title picture. I don't know. I just, I would really, really love, I'd love to see a much better match. That was well, my best Nikki Cross accent, which is not good. Well, and just, you know, I mean, you know, talking about what could have been a faction, you had Sheamus and Cesaro, the bar, uh, as a tag team. But, I mean, think about how great that could have been if they would have expanded that to be like an international faction. The Swiss Swiss Superman, the Swiss Cyborg, whatever you want to call him, um, and Sheamus, the uh, uh, Irish you know, warrior, the Celtic warrior, right? Um, you Did could have added Drew McIntyre in. Mm-hmm, yep, added Drew McIntyre in there, the Scottish psychopath. You could have added, I mean, a ton of people. Like Sami Zayn uh, is both Canadian and Syrian, so he could have uh, been part of either that way. I mean, there's a lot of fun they could have done with it. Uh, but what do they do? Uh, we'll just have them be tag team for a while and then eventually just kind of split them up. And, and yeah, well, and here's the deal. They were a heel tag team. So you throw in some of these guys that need some training on being a heel or, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you, one of the more fun parts of tag team or uh, factions is the eventual takeover of a faction by another guy or things of that sort. Um, you know, the, we bring up the Nation of Domination a lot because it was really how how a faction is best done, um, with Farouk eventually being booted by The Rock, and then um, a lot of people don't realize this, but The Rock got booted by Nation of Domination, and D'Lo took over. Um, it was short lived after that, but you know it was still something that happened. Um, it allows you to turn a Kama Mustafa into an eventual Godfather. You know. <laughs> as tasteless as the character was go ahead um he was still entertaining um He's still better was, than lashley and lana right now so yeah well and 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 at the end of the day it was still better than papa shingo for him you know so yeah um, i mean there's a reason when the raw reunions come around he doesn't show up as papa shingo um or has his nation of domination 
character. He Papa. shows up as the godfather. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could have there. There's just so much more that could be done with these guys in the mid card to follow a main card. And if you look at successful, successful factions have created world champions. Triple H is nothing without DX. Mm-hmm. He's also less without Evolution. Batista's nothing without Evolution. Randy Orton. Randy Orton's nothing without Evolution. Um, I, I, even we'll go back to the the grandfather Ramal. As good as he is, would Ric Flair have been anything without the Four Horsemen? True, true. Well, or or um, we wouldn't have the Freebird rule without a faction. We wouldn't have. I mean, there's just. There's so much value and character developed with a faction. We wouldn't have the best-selling wrestling T-shirt in all history without a faction. W-O. You know, um, yeah, I mean, you just, you cannot continue. And, And so they develop, really, you develop garbage characters. Only one, only one, only two characters over the last year have developed differently than what they were, and that is Becky and the Fiend, Becky and Bray. I cannot. Charlotte developed on her own and and sold sold everybody on her own over a very long period of time. Seth, what what the hell is Seth's character right now? I just want to be the best. Which which wrestler on there doesn't want to? Yeah. You know, this is supposed to be a competition. They dang well all better want to be the best. Like. That's not a character. That's not a. That's not a personality. That's just you well, know your desires, I guess. Seth hasn't had a really good character since the Shield. Well, no, the Architect character was good. Oh, but wait, he was part of what? So okay. he was in the Shield, and that was a faction which had a character, and then he became the Architect, which was the head, which was the head wrestler of a faction. I mean, we continue to... And then he I, went back to the S.H.I.E.L.D. eventually, it was a faction. And then the S.H.I.E.L.D. broke up because of all sorts of things. Uh, yes, cancer. Um, gas mask. Uh, gas mask. Uh, inoculations. A.W. Um, but Shots since then, he, he's had basically nothing. I thought of, just going back to the bar faction, the international faction, this would have been brilliant. And they still could do it once uh, Seamus comes back. They still technically could do it. But think about it. Seamus, Cesaro, Drew McIntyre, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm down. How awesome would that fact? I would love it. Yeah. Yeah. I would love it. So here's the other thing about what you just said. Um, so you mentioned, you know, Ric Flair and old school and all that stuff. I'm going to give you one of the best champions of the 90s. We really don't have Bret Hart without the Hart Foundation. And I'm not talking Hart Foundation, the wrestling team. I'm talking the faction. Mm-hmm. Bret, sure, Bret wins a couple couple world championships. But Bret's character literally was who Seth is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and had, had a lot more charisma. Nothing against Seth. Seth, you're great. You got phenomenal charisma. Um, but your faction, your, your, your lack of, I don't know, whatever happened there with the faction, it's really a lot to do with cancer. You're right. Um, kind of hurt that faction significantly and hurt Seth's career. The other thing is they're, 
frequently they break up factions too quickly now. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's why what, what I was getting at when I said I think Vince hates factions is because every time a faction hits the main roster, it's a very short period of time before they just uh, break up for no reason. Like, yeah. there used to always be a storyline behind the breakup, right? Either well, like, either someone tries to take control. over it and they kick someone out, or uh, the, the leader gets a big head and thinks the rest of the people are after him, so he dissolves it, or something. There's always a storyline. Yep. But, like, Riot Squad, uh, they just moved them to different rosters for a while and then moved them all back to the same roster. Mm-hmm. Ruby got injured, though, there. Yeah, but they still there was no storyline behind like Sarah Logan got moved uh, and Liv Morgan stayed in one spot or maybe it was the other way around. I don't know. Wildcard rule threw that all out the window. But there was no storyline behind it. It was just a split up. It was the same thing with Evolution. Not Evolution. Absolution. Uh, uh, yeah. Paige leading Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville and then there, there was no storyline for them breaking up that faction it was just uh we're gonna split them up there was it happened over two episodes two episodes it was Paige got injured so she's gone for a long 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 time they become fire and desire Paige comes back she's gonna create the new great tag team and they put her with the kabuki warriors yeah and and then she goes out for a while and then she comes back and the kabuki warriors fire her like that's I, you just told that entire storyline, a year and a half storyline about Paige and, and her involvement with with uh, factions in 30 seconds. But there's still, you know, there wasn't a storyline as to why she left no. Absolution. And no stories were developed with them because you could have created a story there. You, you, you And you could, the, the key to, even if you do have factions, you have to leave them together for a while. You have to have a reason for them to break up. You have to have something, you know, at the end of the day, we saw, we know where, where the, the breakdown to um, Undisputed Era is. You can mm-hmm. see it plain as day. Yep. You know, it, it is hands down, no questions, but the breakdown to Undisputed Era is going to be Roderick Strong versus Adam Cole. Yep. It will absolutely, if you have any doubts about that, you are oblivious to NXT wrestling right now. Well, and you I, just haven't the, watched the, wrestling. The only reason that 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 it, that it, that won't happen that way is if Vince decides, well, we need shock factor. Everybody sees that coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we or, all saw it six months ago. We gave up on it. We think it's great now. Or Vince McMahon yeah. happened to watch SmackDown tonight and said, you know, that Adam Cole guy, I want him on Raw. Take the belt off him. Yeah, yeah, right. So he still has the belt on him. Thanks for telling me about that. Told you, no spoilers. I didn't necessarily say he still has the Ooh, maybe they already took the belt off of him. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> not given. Good job. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I think we spent a, a ton of time now on uh, WWE having poor storytelling. <laughs> you were just trying to make up for the last one. That's fine. We're good. Yeah, but no, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think I think their storytelling has been poor. I think it's been um, led to a lot by just the fact that they don't plan things out longer. I mean, the, the simple fact that 
Vince McMahon has been known to just rip up the, the script hours before the show and have them rewrite the whole thing. You can't really write a cohesive long-term storyline uh, if the script is getting ripped up every week. Um, yeah. And that's that's a known problem. But even even without that problem, I just they just haven't been trying. You know, when you talk about the Survivor Series, if you're going to do brand versus brand Survivor Series, that's fine. That's acceptable. You can do that. What you have to do, though, to make it cohesive is set it up a month or two or three or four months in advance. You know what I mean? Start you planning can have those the sportsmanship seats. wins with the handshake. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we've talked about this before, that we'd love to see a sportsmanship win. Oh, let me shake your hand. Good job. Um, you know, or whatever. You can have those wins be the ones at the pay-per-view beforehand so that then you have, hey, we're, hey, we're both fighting for the same thing here. Good job, man. I'm, cl- I'm proud of you for fighting for it. Um, whatever it may be. You can have that. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing is we keep giving isolated solutions to a very large problem you cannot vince also doesn't want characters you mentioned this on a a couple shows ago vince doesn't want because if we create if we create great big characters they're just gonna leave us and go somewhere else you didn't make cody Rhodes. the american nightmare was something that cody made Mm -hmm. you know you made stardust retard i think the biggest one is the rock uh the Rock got to be so big that he could go up and be a, a movie star, and now he doesn't wrestle anymore, and he doesn't make us money. So we don't want superstars anymore because they're just going to go off and be superstars someplace else. Yeah, well, The Rock and Cena, and yeah, mm-hmm. those are freaks though, and they gave you the better part of ten years, both of them. Yeah. Let them move on with their lives. But, but I mean, like you could start in July, start having Raw just every once in a while uh, on a promo give a dig towards SmackDown, you know? It doesn't have to be really overt, but it can be as simple as this is Monday Night Raw, not some dinky Friday night show. Something like that. And then roll on. But have these little digs. And then in in August or September, you have SmackDown. Someone on SmackDown delivering a promo where they're like, you know, I keep hearing Raw insult the Friday night show. You know, but I wouldn't, uh, I would like to point out that we have almost double the ratings of them or something. I don't know. You don't have to bring up ratings, but it's, it's worth it. And so then now in four months, you've created a reason for them to fight at the November pay-per-view called Survivor Series. Instead of now, it just always seems like, oh crap, Survivor Series is next. Now we've got to give SmackDown a reason to think that they've been slighted by Raw. And I mean, we've talked about it, not even with with Survivor Series. It seems to be with every pay-per-view, they're surprised that the pay-per-view is coming up. Oh, crap. Now we've got to write a storyline for it. Uh, oh, Hell in a Cell yeah, is coming yeah. up in two weeks. Uh, we haven't booked a Hell in a Cell match. Um, put Becky and Sasha in a Hell in a Cell. Put that's, Seth, that's Seth the other Rollins thing. and that weird guy in a Hell in a Cell. We have, we have so many... The, the last two pay-per-views have had little, well, the last two world championship matches. I don't, there wasn't a world championship match or there wasn't a WWE championship or a universal championship match tonight. So the last two championship matches for WWE, not NXT. Because again, there was one tonight. Uh, we're watching this on the SmackDown after the not to be mentioned Arabian 
pay-per-view. Um, the last two championship matches that occurred at that, both of them were matches that did not need the titles to be at stakes. We literally are asking you not to make the title part of those matches. Just give us great matches. Like, I don't watch Cain Velasquez versus Brock. Had it not been at Crown Jewel? Ah, sorry, man. It's okay. <laughs> had it not been <laughs> had it not been at, at, at that event um, I tried really hard not to say it <laughs> I'd have watched it either way I really really would have I'd have watched that either way um, because I enjoyed Cain Velasquez beating the crap out of Brock Lesnar the first time and I wouldn't have been disappointed that Brock Lesnar wins um both of the Fiend versus Bray Wyatt match or the Fiend versus Bray that should be that would be a great match. Um the Fiend versus Seth Rollins matches have just been garbage. Just why why do we even have to have those be about a title? If they aren't about a title, they're a lot more entertaining. A lot more entertaining. How many Mankind versus Undertaker matches did we have that were not about a title? that are epic historical matches. Mm-hmm. We just uh, tell better stories. Quit relying on, on a belt. Quit relying on um, somebody's career outside of wrestling. Quit relying on, on so personalities. So with my wife. Yeah, somebody sleeping with somebody's wife uh, with on, on cheap drama pop. Um, quit relying on um, the same story for months on end. Um, quit relying on I want to be the best as, as, as a character. No, I want to be the best is a personality trait. It's not an entire personality. You know, Kofi being a gamer is a bigger personality piece than Seth being a what the hell is Seth other than he wants to be the best wrestler in the world? He's a killer, a slayer. A slayer. He's a slayer and a and a and an arsonist. Yeah. <laughs> like that's you get what I'm like. There, literally, some wrestlers have have gone farther to develop their own character in the mid card than some of their premium people are. Brock Lesnar's a a jerk, but he was a jerk before he wrestled again the second time. I mean, he's he's a jerk. So he has some personality there because he's a jerk. Um, but that's I'm it. just gonna I'm just gonna put out right now that it is D A Fabe calling Brock Lesnar a jerk. <laughs> D A Fabe, Brock, if you happen to be listening, I am not calling you a jerk. That is all D A Fabe. I live at <laughs> 1200 West 129th Boulevard, Denver, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, go there. <laughs> go. Go there. I hope that's an actual address for somebody else, but I hope they survive. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, here's... uh, So, um, who's the third member of the the New Day? Big E, Kofi, and uh, what's his name? Xavier Uh, Woods. Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods is the gamer, right? I mean, I know Mm -hmm. Kofi plays too. Xavier Woods is the professional gamer. Yes. Okay. Literally has developed more character than... I don't know. We'll, we'll just use Seth. Then, then even Roman. Roman. Roman just likes to protect yards a lot. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, apparently, a, a his yard moves a lot too. 
that's I mean that's what I'm saying is because he took some time to show that showcase himself in a real world. Braun is an incredibly funny, entertaining, charming guy, but we haven't been given any of that since there's not the not the uh, other stuff. Brain Strowman. That was so great. I would kill to have a Braun versus Brains match too. <laughs> if it was at all. I, awesome. I would just kill to have Brain Strowman do some matches just in general. Just for a while. Yeah. yeah. Just be just, like, my brother Braun don't... was injured last week, so I'm here to handle this. I'm We're... gonna take his spot for a while. Wrestles what do you mean, with the mind? glasses. Wrestles with the glasses. Literally starts getting more technical in his matches, like goes for sharpshooters and whatnot. I'd love it. I would love it so much. WWE, we are giving you storyline. These are our gifts to you. Use them, right? Yeah, Vince, listen. <laughs> but, okay, well, we've spent a plethora of time on that particular topic, and I have a feeling we could continue to talk about it for a lot longer. So we might have to do a special, very special episode on that someday. But uh, in the interest of time for this episode, uh, let's go ahead and move on to misdemeanors. That kind of became fantasy booking, didn't it? By accident. A little bit. That's on me. Yeah, give us give us our rundown misdemeanors and special cases. Misdemeanors and miscellaneous. So, misdemeanors, um, here's where I, yet again, gush over how good AEW and NXT were this week. Both of them were excellent, just excellent. Um, and, uh, contrary, it seems, to popular opinion, I give NXT the edge win this week. Um, and, and last week I gave AEW the edge win, but they were both so good. And I, DA Fabe, I know you didn't watch either of them all the way through yet, so I'll, I'll try not to spoil anything well, on them. What I will tell you is if you gave NXT the edge, it's probably because Shivani wasn't on, um, wasn't on commentary for half the stinking episode. Uh, yeah, there's it really that didn't play into it as much as you know. Last week I talked about emotional heft, and and that was what gave AEW the edge for me last week. Is that it just felt like it had more emotional hooks into it that it, that you know the the matches had a meaning, had had an emotion behind them. And this week NXT really kind of picked up the pace a bit. And that's kind of what swung it a little bit back in their favor. Um, so like I said, I know you haven't watched them all, um, but I'm just going to kind of go down the card um, uh, and not necessarily talk about the match, but about maybe the emotion behind it or the, the reasoning behind it. Uh, AEW starts off with Hangman Page versus Sammy Guevara. Of course, that's set up by Sammy Guevara being in the inner circle um, and, and Hangman Page, of course, being... Uh, part of uh, the elite, um, at least a fringe level of the elite. Um, phenomenal match. You had Hikaru Shida versus Shanna. Uh, uh, Shida, of course, was uh, the the I don't want to say runner up in the um, uh, women's uh, uh, tournament up to the uh, final match, the number one contender match. Um, 
uh, and she she's really good. And Shanna, this was her first match with AEW, uh, but she's like a 15 year vet, uh, and she was phenomenal. You had uh, the Rock and Roll Express come out to present the tag team belt um, for the first time publicly, and they were going to come out later in the show to present the belts to the winner of the tag team tournament, uh, but they get absolutely attacked from the back by Santana and Ortiz, um, and uh, Ricky Morton got uh, bombed through part of the stage uh, before the Young Bucks came in to make a save. Um, so great like storytelling, Santana and Ortiz are, are the villains obviously beating up some old men um, and it set up you know more for the Young Bucks match with Santana and Ortiz coming up next week on uh, a full gear. Uh, you had a trios match with best friends and Orange Cassidy versus uh, great match. I didn't get to see that one. Yeah, for, versus you would say local talent: uh, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and QT Marshall, who is uh, one of the producers backstage. If you watch Being the Elite or Road Two, you've always seen him there uh, eating an apple. Kind of Cody's right hand man. Uh, but it was a great match. I've seen uh, some independent matches with John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Uh, they wrestle in the independence as the Beaver Boys. Um, and they're both actually really good. Uh, this is the second time they've been used on AEW. So it almost makes me wonder if they're not being uh, scouted maybe as potential signings at some point. Developmental. Yeah. Um, but but so that was a good match. Uh, you had a contract signing that did not end in uh, someone getting bombed through a table or anything at the contract signing, which was surprising. Um, it did end in some storyline schmas backstage, uh, which if you haven't seen, I won't spoil anything, but um, still at least worth I don't think his arm's broken, so I have seen it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's entirely storyline. Either that... Or it was broken somewhere else, and they decided to write it in the storyline to, uh, uh, you know, explain it away. But either way, uh, and then you had the Elite versus Kip Sabian and the Hybrid Two, which Hybrid Two is a dumb name for some very talented tag team wrestlers. Um, uh, but that was a good match. Uh, and then of course John Moxley came out, uh, beat up Peter Avalon, and then. Uh, gave a big speech about how be careful what you wish for because earlier in the night we found out that the uh moxley versus kenny omega match at full gear is now an unsanctioned match uh and that did not please kenny omega not kenny omega did not please john moxley at all he uh was very angry at it and he came out and gave just an absolute fire promo and, yeah, uh, his promo. Was, uh, the promo main, was great. And then the main event was the tag team championship finals, SEU versus Lucha Brothers. And um, I think most people expected Lucha Bros to win. And uh, I frankly couldn't fault them for expecting that. Um, they were probably the safe pick. I was kind of hoping SEU would win. I thought, you know, because they've got a a heel champion in uh, their their heavyweight champion, I thought it would make at least sense for them to have a face champion in their tag champions for a while. Um, but it was a fire match as well. 
uh, Bleacher Report gave it an A, you know, so so a great show all around. But then you come to NXT, and NXT uh, seems to, it's almost like they counter-programmed, because they started off while AEW was having uh, some big stuff happening. Uh, they started off with Drew Gulak versus Leo Rush. Uh, no, that's not right. This is the wrong... Sorry, it pulled up the wrong results for me on this. So let me pull up the right ones. See, that was it the week up before, but... October 9th, and I need... A couple weeks before. Yeah, no, it was two weeks before. I don't know why it pulled instead This is going to be all sorts of fun, but as I scroll... Uh, NXT recap, here we go. Um... So they counter-programmed, I think, uh, fairly well while AEW was doing their uh, stuff. NXT uh, came off and they absolutely started out uh, right off the bat with um, women's chaos. They started off, they had uh, the Kabuki Warriors uh, announced were going to be defending their belts against Dakota Kai. Uh, and that started it off there. Uh, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai uh, had their match with uh, the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what exactly happened, uh, but it was a great match. Then while AEW was doing the women's match, um, which was a great match, um, and I really like Hikaru Shida and I really like Shanna, they on NXT put Finn Balor... Uh, explaining his attack on Johnny Gargano. And um, it was a great promo, but I think it was made even better by production. They uh, did this really cool thing where when Finn Balor got to the ring, they shut all of the lights in the stadium down and it was just a spotlight on Finn Balor in the ring. Um, and Sounds so... Really British. Yeah, this, this promo... Suddenly, it was literally like they were shining the spotlight on the promo, and and he gave this great promo about. Um, some people say it might have been a little bit too much insider, um, because he did think he said things like uh, um, a couple months ago he was laying down for the hottest acts in WWE just because he got a new mask, uh, but now. I'm the hottest act in WWE because I took off my mask. Um, and some people think that's a little bit too much peek behind the curtain sort of a thing. But then uh, in the end, he's talked about how Johnny Gargano, if if you step to me, you won't be Johnny wrestling anymore. You'll be Johnny watches wrestling from home, uh, which was great. Um, I hope it, I hope it delivered better than what you just yeah. kind of delivered it was it, so. it it was just great i'm not i'm no professional wrestler promo giver um <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you what it is you had io shirai and candace ray <laughs> fighting against each other which is uh another one of those that had an emotional background to it it wasn't just a match thrown together um you had uh uh, Tyler Bate versus Cameron Grimes, which was set up last week, um, and uh, Killian Dane made his presence felt in that, um, which was good. 
probably the only throwaway match, in my opinion, was uh, Shane Thorne versus Bronson Reed, mostly because Bronson Reed is kind of a, hey, he's new, we still don't know anything about him. Shane Thorne just had a little bit of a back and forth with Adam Cole a month ago, but really hasn't been heard from much since. Um, and then in the main event, you had uh, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee uh, teaming up against Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish uh, for the Ugh. NXT tag belt. Um, and, and it was a great match all around. And um, <clears throat> you know, if you haven't seen it yet, I'm not going to spoil how it ended, but it, it, it just, from an emotional standpoint, NXT got the edge this week, in my opinion. The storylines all were building towards something. Uh, the only, There was only one match that, like I said, felt like a throwaway match. All of the other matches felt like they were building towards something. And that get, is part of why I gave it a little bit of a, a boost over AEW this week. However... I, I would to point out that's not saying AEW wasn't a phenomenal show. That just meant that from from a storyline standpoint, I felt that NXT did a little bit more storytelling, a little bit more story building for it. So, um, and then I also have. Or do you have anything? No, I mean, again, I'm I'm a little behind this week, so I apologize to okay. the jury. And then I also have to give a a quick misdemeanor to Death. Um, and this is sad, but uh, Hangman Page's horse, better known to uh, BTE fans as Hunter Horse Helmsley, uh, has uh, been taken from him. Uh, rest in peace, Hunter Horse Helmsley. We barely knew you. Um, so, sad, sad day for him. Sorry about your dead birthday horse, Hangman Page. Fair enough. And if you don't get that reference, you need to to hop on Twitter and look at Hangman Pages back and forth with Chuck E.T. about horses. Uh, it's worth looking up. Fair enough. But uh, other than that... It's time to close this down. Special Charges. Other than that, I've just got a few special charges. Um, Do it. First of all, I know it's not our jurisdiction, but I'm charging Halloween with having been tons of fun, but eventually probably fattening. Yeah. The amount of candy I stole from my six-year-old today is pretty epic. Yeah. I could be charged with theft. It was so wonderful. And then on a related side charge, Christmas is being charged with, why is there already Christmas stuff in stores? Are you kidding me? Thanksgiving is still coming. Wait your turn. <laughs> but now that that's off my chest, I think uh, we will probably wrap this up for the, the evening. Um, as always, we invite you to like, share, subscribe, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us on YouTube. You can search for us, uh, either place at Ron Order WBU. Um, give us a five-star review on your podcast listening platform of choice or thumbs up 
and subscribes on uh, YouTube. Uh, they all help us out more than you could possibly know. Um, we we uh, love doing this, uh, but eventually there's a numbers game that we have to get some some uh, some more ears on this podcast to keep things going. So, yes. like I say, tell all your friends about us, share us on social media, tag us uh, on Twitter. Uh, like I said, you can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow Da Fabe at Da. Vincent K. Fabe. Awesome. Um, also on anchor.fm, we've talked about it before. There's a little support tab. You can go to anchor.fm slash raw and order WBU. You can click that support tab and you can pledge to give us little as a dollar a month. Every dollar that we get helps us make this podcast better helps us prioritize it so that we can get it out on time on regular basis um you can also follow us there leave us voice messages all the good stuff we've talked about before uh but otherwise i think we will close the case on the wbu for this week and we will be back next week with another visit from the fbi <laughs> <laughs>